어서 어서 와. 방탄은 처음이지? Welcome to First Time with BTS. I'm Yadi. And I'm Natalie. And today we are going to talk about music. More specifically, BTS's music. More specifically, seven songs. Why did we choose these songs, you may ask? Because these are the best, disregarding sales and public opinion. We're trying to evaluate the songs for what they are and how they function within BTS's discography. To be fair, though, we had to narrow it down from a list of around 25 of the hundreds of songs BTS have. Bless their prolific hearts. Basically, what we did is we individually sifted through their discography from debut to present and chose songs that stand out for their artistry and execution. And if you're wondering what our parameters were, we looked at all officially released tracks except solo songs, Japanese, and English songs. Which was a really tough call to make because Begin and Mic Drop Remix are in my personal top 10. We also want to address that the... Billboard list of top 50 BTS songs functioned as inspiration to our list as well in that we disagreed so wholeheartedly we felt compelled if not forced to give this a go. It's not that we disagree so much with the listing as we do the fact that they chose 50 songs to make a list out of. They gave themselves too much room. Yeah, and then it, it just makes the list seem like it doesn't have a lot of value. It's a huge chunk of their discography. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's why we just wanted to bring it up, you know, because I was excited to see someone make a list. A nice it, comprehensive yeah, list. It yeah, it felt overdue and it was nice because it was for their five-year anniversary, but 50 songs, it's too much. It's too, too much. many. It's too many songs. So without further ado, here are our top seven BTS songs. At number seven, we have No More Dream from their debut album, Too Cool for School. I want to open this by saying that I believe their debut song goes as hard today as it did in 2013. And it's been, what, six years? Yeah. I didn't study math. I guess. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yes, I used my fingers for that. <laughs> It really is timeless in that sense. And I do want to acknowledge the risk that this song was. Because I, I wasn't standing BTS in 2013. I wasn't even listening to K-pop back mm -hmm. then. So I was like, let me look at other hip-hop boy groups and see what their debut song was like. So I looked at BAP. I looked at Block B. No one was doing what BTS did. No comparison. No one had the guts. <laughs> <laughs> to be that bold. I don't know what words to use to describe it because it's very like gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> they were just, and it's funny too. I'm sure many of you have seen this video of BTS looking at their debut stage and commenting about, you know, what they remember from that era. And I think it was Yoongi who said, I can't believe we tried that. Yeah. Not in those words, but <laughs> he was like, no wonder we had so many haters early on because we really came on so strongly. The song is so undeniably hip hop that I feel like if someone was like, oh, look at this Korean K like this K-pop group and showed me this, I'd be like, this is not K-pop. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't K-pop. It wasn't K-pop. This is so... It's so undeniably hip-hop, there's no blending of other genres. There's no singing in this song. <laughs> Which I would say, too, is like one of the the key um, characteristics of K-pop is that the song will be kind of genre-bending, but I feel with No More Dream, it really sticks to what it's trying to do, which is be a good hip-hop song. And in that sense, this is why it lands itself in our list, because it's a very well-executed hip-hop song. There are a lot of uh, hip-hop songs to come out of K-pop, but I think No More Dream is such a strong track because the beat itself is not necessarily loud or even very complex. If you listen to the instrumental, it's a very basic beat. There's not a lot going on. And in that sense, it doesn't really rely on a crazy complicated beat to kind of create energy. Like we get that energy from the delivery of their lines, mm -hmm. which I think is very impressive for a debut group to already be so talented and have such specific voices. So charismatic. Mm -hmm. Such good rappers, especially. Yeah. And then going, like speaking 
on delivery, uh, it's important to acknowledge the opening lines of this song, which have now become iconic in the BTS canon, <laughs> with Yoongi saying, I want a big house, big cars, and big rings, but in reality, I don't have any big dreams. That really is, that's like BTS's thesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's their thesis. Their bio line. I think it's safe to argue that that's like, the voice of the generation. Yeah, like a logline for the <laughs> millennial generation. Which is insane that they managed to concisely like state what they're about in the first two. And they've two- stuck to it as well yeah. after all these years. Yeah, you said insane. It's impressive. And to me, it also feels like looking now at where they are, they recently in February attended the Grammys for their first time. It feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it ages like wine. It just gets finer with time. You know, BTS, this story is so incredible. And the fact that it started with a song like No More Dream is boss. I think it's a great debut song. I also think it's a great song. I really don't, I mean, maybe people just don't feel like they need to talk about it because it's an older song, but I don't see a lot of love for it these days. And I us choosing to put this in our list is very uh, pointed and like we're, we're trying to bring back attention to a song that deserves a lot of attention. It seems almost like thinking of BTS today, it's hard to imagine that they wrote this song, but it's really not. I feel like No More Dream just proved from the earliest stage possible that BTS are capable of producing a good hip hop track. And it's something they've only gotten better at. And it shows that they can like commit to and respect this genre without crossing a line, at least musically. I don't want to get into Namjoon's hair, but... <laughs> Let's not. Musically, they committed to the hip hop genre and they did it justice, I think. Agreed. Some specific things in the song I want to point out that I love. Uh, the bass in the beginning uh, goes throughout the entire song. Iconic. I love that they added a guitar on a hip-hop track. I think that's awesome. It gets me so hype when I hear it. The like continuous siren that keeps going. You hear it in the beginning, you hear it in the end. And also the gunshot at the end. It's all so dark. It all... I mean, it may be problematic, but Gangster literally is the best way to describe it. <laughs> they create quite the soundscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they they showed what they were about. They literally, they didn't hold back. And of course, Jimin's high vocals that, you know, come in towards the end of the song are such a staple of early BTS that it's nice to know that, you know, it's something that was there since the very since beginning. Since the very beginning. And it, it's kind of died down now. You don't really have it so much anymore. I feel like after dark and wild it kind of dissipated but Mm -hmm. but it's nice to look at their roots and you know like look at like their old formula i know fans really like the the high notes that jimmy would hit i think it adds a nice balance to what is otherwise a very like rap heavy song yeah Mm -hmm. uh and of course jungkook rapping also something that's iconic within the bts fandom it's so interesting to think that there's like a world where things went that route number six, we have Outro Wings from the You Never Walk Alone Wings repackage. Where do we begin? I will never forget where I was when I heard the song for the first time. I was on the bus in New York City on my way to work. It was a rainy day (laughs) and I remember being so excited for it because this is a song that was being hyped as uh, produced by Yoongi because you had interlude wings and then this outro, the additional parts were produced by Yoongi and I am a fan of Yoongi so I was very excited and I just want to say this is I don't even know where I was going with (laughs) that I just it impacted me so much that I felt the need to share with you I have a confession to make Natalie the first time I heard this song was at the Wings concert (laughs) I I remember you never told me that I never told her because I was so ashamed of myself (gasps) this is the exact (laughs) genre of music that i love and for me it just went right over my head i hate you i hate you well here let me explain i had thought that the outros were rap songs (laughs) (laughs) 
so I I'm not sure why. I guess I was also very busy. <laughs> I think I broke Natalie. Our friendship. Okay. No, continue. Scarred. Continue. Okay. No, but really, I I have this memory so vivid in my head because it was the Wings show and it was the last song they played, I believe, or one of the last songs. And yeah. uh, they had confetti falling. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm not at the Allstate Arena in Chicago. I'm in a club. <laughs> it's time to grind all these strangers all around me. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. And that's all to say that this is really such a successful electronic dance song. It's their best to date. And I love the genre. I mean, I've always been a fan of electronic dance music. Not like EDM. I know that's what it stands for, but like traditional electronic dance music that's less, you know, top 100 and more dedicated to the dance aspect of it. Mm-hmm. This is what that song does. And it does it so, so well. Every element of the song from the opening orchestra, the piano, the clapping, the like synth beat underneath... It just all comes together so well and so quickly. It's like from the beginning, this song, you know what it's about. You know what you're getting into. Uh, I feel like this is a song that's so radio friendly. I feel like had Bigot been somewhere else, they could have pushed for this to be like a radio hit. But of course, we're also like living in a racist society where like a Korean song couldn't have made it. Yeah, but yeah it's, I, fine, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. You know, otherwise, other than that, you know, in a perfect world where Pitbull had access to this track and remix it a little, it really could have been so widely accepted. I agree. So in terms of delivery, this is one of my favorite Namjoon verses to date. I know this isn't a genre that he necessarily loves. Like, I know how he feels about So What, and I don't think... There's a V-Live where he explicitly says that his version of Outro Wings was better, but that the, the producers made it too dancey. <laughs> and he was not happy about that. Which, honestly, I don't understand, because I think that this, in terms of rapping, this is his genre. I feel like his voice is so well-suited for uh, what he brings to the table. He brings such energy and he has such a clear uh, tone of voice when he's rapping that it just it just gets you that much more excited. The pre-chorus with Jungkook and Taehyung singing uh, higher and higher than the sky always makes me emotional. Like on top of this song, <laughs> on top of this song being very uplifting in terms of its instrumentation the lyrics just add to that and like take it to a new level because it's just such a positive and um it's over the top whole yeah it's so hopeful you know it's so it's a nice visual to the idea of like spreading your wings Mm -hmm. it's so nice and and it really does tie the whole concept of the album together in a very uplifting message about you know being yourself and doing what you have to do to fly higher and higher. Yeah, uh, it's very impactful. I think it, it had a lasting impact on me. The synth, the break before Whole Sook's verse that like makes this song different from Interlude Wings is fantastic. Um, there's a lot of little fun elements to it, like um, water drop sounds that come in that I think are just so playful. And um, Whole Sook's verse is- As always, he delivers. Yeah, I don't even, there's nothing to say because we all know that he is known for having the best verses in a lot of BTS's songs. and Such I, is the case for Outro Wings. And such is the case for Outro Wings. Yes, that it's just so fantastic. His voice is so versatile and can do anything, I'm convinced. I can imagine this song playing at a gay club, which is the best compliment an electronic dance song can get. Facts. There's really nothing else to say to that. It's just that much of a, of a good dancey song. I'm trying to remember what I thought when it came on in the concert. I remember being like, I'm a fool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are. You are. Definitely. (laughs) The thing is, it also, the extended version was in a repackage. So my understanding was that the song wasn't going to change. But it really did. So much of it, the whole, you know, last minute of the song gets added, I'd say. It makes it so much better. It makes it so much more complete. They called it an interlude in Wings for a reason. They knew the song was not done. This song deserves a spot on our list because it's such a mood maker and it's at least for me no matter what mood i'm in if this song comes on i'm immediately feeling better so and i think that's really incredible that a song can do that it's the opposite of a buzz kill yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a buzz life giver a buzz birther a buzz birther (laughs) going into labor (laughs) giving birth to buzz to my energy (laughs) 
At number five, we have Silver Spoon from the mini album, The Most Beautiful Moment in Life, part two. To me, this is like a uh, maturation. I don't know how to say that word. Like maturation. Maturation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a maturation of their hip hop sound. So we first started off this list with No More Dream and then catapult, what, two years into their career, yeah. you get Silver Spoon. And to me, this is a very successful hip hop song, but it's more modern. I think it's safe to say that this is the first time they executed a more modern hip hop track. And I mean, it's perfect. Taehyung in the pre-chorus is what has me thinking of their earlier songs and how despite being very similar to earlier vocal styles, the instrumentation on this track adds a new flavor and demonstrates that BTS is pretty much very capable of growth. I do also want to commend them for being very good at not making a hip-hop track sound too clean. Like this song is very very well produced, but it still has that little bit of um, that little bit of like oomph, that little bit of like swag. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't. It's not like it doesn't sound like producers who only made K-pop try to make a hip hop track. It sounds like people who know what hip hop should sound like and who listen to a lot of it and are very familiar with like the tropes of it. They took a shot at it and they were very good at it. They landed right in the target because. It doesn't read like a translation of a sound or like a mimicry of it. But instead, it's very much situated within this realm of like hip hop sounds. This beat is so good. (laughs) This beat is so good. It's like, it's one where they showed really good restraint. No More Dream was a very sparse track. And I think this one, if you listen to it, it is too. It's it's not too loud. And I feel like it could have easily been tipped to that point of being a little too much a little too much just say not today yeah <laughs> you know it could have been like not today where like it's, fire. A, it's just a little too much like this one there's not too much bass there's not too much brass it's like that perfect equilibrium of like hype and also very fast tempo and also yeah fast mm-hmm. tempo but not overwhelming for sure. I mean, we talked about Hosok already, but his delivery in this song really is so good. Yoongi's as well. Like, if I were to ever learn Korean, it would truly be for this song, <laughs> just so I can, like, rap along um, to what they're saying. Because it's, it's just so, like, enticing and and confident. Yeah, they, they definitely... You can tell that each of them altered their voices for this track, and I, I feel like in other tracks on this album you don't get what you got in this song. I feel like that's something, especially looking at Love Yourself Tear, it's something that's very normal for someone like Yoongi to do now. But at the time, they weren't really experimenting with their voices like they did with this song. And especially Namjoon, his voice, it's just, there's like a whole new level of like swag to it that we just didn't get before. This is the post I need you glow up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The starts of it. Yeah, Yeah, They're starting to get their... Big rings and new houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think that a lot of the uh, ad-libbing in the background from members uh, is so good. It's also such like a quintessential part of like modern hip hop and rap, um, especially like the brah noises you get throughout um, that we get, I think, from Jungkook. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Tay as well. Also, vocal lines performance is amazing, like Jungkook. I remember the first time I, I found out that it was Jungkook saying, you must be kidding me. I like stopped in my tracks. I, I assumed it was either Taehyung or someone or Namjoon. Yeah, someone, one of the traditional members that do those small lines like that. Yeah, so this is also a cool song where, you know, they're, they're just experimenting. They're trying new things out and they're working. I also wanted to say, we kind of hinted at this before, but it really is a cohesive song in a way that I can't say something like Outro Tear is. Or Cypher Part 2. Yes, exactly. Where it's just as, you know, hip hop and rap, but it sticks to what it started doing. And so there's never a moment where the song breaks into something else, which sometimes is pretty cool when a song can do that. Um, but you don't find that here and it makes the listening experience uh, pretty awesome. This song is also quite the scandalous song when you look at the lyrics. Um, the fact that they chose to make this song so uh, political, I guess you could say, uh, is so fun and like it just makes it that much more fun to listen to because then you 
you can kind of catch their tone and you can hear like the mocking edge to it. Like once you know what the song's about, you listen to it again, you're like, oh, like that's where the attitude's coming from. They're like coming for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> it comes across without needing a translation, which I think is very impressive. Lyrically too, with you know what Natalie was just talking about in regards to having that double meaning of like, oh yes, this is a fun hip hop song, but also we're critiquing society. It becomes a template for what they continue to do in the future with like Go Go. Um, am I wrong? Am I wrong? But yeah, I feel like it's something that BTS will eventually become known for, and it's that they are able to have fun in a song, but also be very critically aware of what's going on around them. I think that's also a big reason, or like a reason why this song is on our list and not a song like Go Go, because Silver Spoon did it first. You know, Silver Spoon was the song that made songs like that possible. It shows its importance within BTS's discography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one day. Slowing things down a little bit, at number four, we have Just One Day from School Love Affair. There's something about the melody in this song that appeals to me on like a basic human level. Even my friends and family members that don't like K-pop, they will react to this song. Like I had one of my old roommates in college blast this song like every day and she did not like k-pop but she loved this song because to her it just felt like a really good love song i'm convinced there's something going on with the frequencies here that just triggers some kind of like emotional response in the brain like it's so universal yeah yeah i honestly i can get behind that forget science (laughs) (laughs) this is our gut instincts coming in yeah there's something going on here that's acting on a subconscious level the piano is so sweet. That's one of my notes I have for this song, that it's a very sweet little melody that comes in and carries out throughout the song under the vocals. Yes, I do agree that a word to describe it would be sweet. I also like using the word calming. Um, it's a very slow-tempoed song, and despite there being three rap verses, I wouldn't consider it anything other than a ballad. You know, it's it's which speaks to rap lines talent that they can, you know, rap in a ballad. Yeah, that yeah. they can like, you know, change lanes that seamlessly. You can get the same feeling from a rap verse as you can from like the chorus. I think this is the first song we've mentioned so far where everyone else agrees it's one of BTS's best songs. Yes. Before it were it was songs where we noticed that don't get a lot of attention or kind of fall in the cracks of it um, with their later releases. But Just One Day, despite being a pretty old song, is still very popular even among newer fans. In terms of production, it's not their like most well-produced song. You know, there's a lot of uh, things in there that are very lo-fi, which I want to compliment BTS for doing. Again, they're kind of, you know, I don't want to say battling is too aggressive, but they're kind of turning K-pop on its head a little bit when, you know, you think of K-pop, you assume immediately, if like you're kind of in the world, you assume it's going to be something very well produced. You assume it's something that's going to be very clean, very slick. But there's a lot of sound bites, especially in the rap verses, that are almost cartoony. I'm thinking specifically during... Hosok's verse, he has a line about getting brunch, and in the background you hear like a like a crunching sound, like a chewing sound. And in Yoongi's verse, uh, during a specific line, there's like a female vocal in the background, and it's all it's all just like creating this cute little call and response that I think works really well for the song. I think it just makes it that much more playful and fun. But I do think that it takes away from the production a little bit at the same time. So I I think it's really cool that they chose to do that, and I consider it a risk but I commend them for it because it works so well. The song just becomes that much more cute. Which I guess is also on brand with what K-pop does in regards to their choreography and all yeah. that. Um, but I really like I like how it comes off in just one day, like you said. There's another instance of that actually, now that I'm hearing you say that in Hobie's verse with the 24 hours part, there's like the TikTok of the oh, clock, yeah. which also comes out in their choreography, which is when he starts motioning as if he his own arm is the 
hand of a clock Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of a messiness to it but it's like a fuzzy lo-fi quality that could even be i want to say like common for r&b yeah Yeah. i think so it's almost um campy in that way but in a very in a way that works because it's very self-aware vocal lines delivery too just adds that heart and emotion in the song that that sets it apart from the rest like jungkook's vocals are gorgeous there's also a lot of um like vocals becoming part of like the instrumentation you have a lot of like harmonization happening in the background throughout the song that i think is really sweet and it adds a whole other layer to the song uh, and i think it works really really well you see it in some other songs they have in this album actually i'm thinking specifically of where are you from they have like these harmonizations and these vocalizations in the background that are very subtle but once you hear them you just fall in love that much more and you'll always be able to pick them out next time you hear the song Mm -hmm. you mentioned something about a rap line being versatile in this song right because they are able to fit the the genre and to me my note that i had on that is that it was one of the instances where rap line is actually rapping kind of slow like slow enough for me a non-korean speaker to like phonetically follow along and rap along (laughs) i can't say that for any of their other uh songs Mm -hmm. and so for me it's really gratifying to like listen and kind of like you know mumble along with what they're saying and it makes a song even more accessible to me in that sense i feel like listeners regardless of if they're used to listening to korean music they're gonna feel like they can follow along to the melody which I don't think I can say the same for any of BTS's other songs because they're very quick. They're very fast vocal and rap delivery. I like how Namjoon uh, in this song kind of like walks that line between rapping and singing. There are songs like Just One Day out there. Just One Day is then the best version of what this kind of song can be coming from BTS. At number three, we have Run from the mini-album The Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 2. Two songs from The Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 2? I think this says a lot about who we are, when we became ARMY. It could be a, a personal bias, or it could just be that coming off of the high of the success of I Need You and The Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 1, BTS just managed to release one of their best mini-albums. I think you're right. My first note for this song is very brief and efficient. I wrote, it did what it had to do and well. This is a song with so much emotion behind it that for the longest time, my reaction was almost too visceral. Like there was a good year maybe where I avoided it because it would bring tears to my eyes. It's a very dramatic song in that sense where I'm thinking specifically of Jimin, his delivery, it feels very uh, theatrical, it's very dramatic, and I feel like what he does as a singer here is one of the best moments we ever see for him because he emotes the things he's saying. For me, the longest time, I didn't look up the lyrics to this song, and I felt like I already knew I didn't have to because of the way that the lyrics were being delivered. For me, it's also kind of interesting considering what we've said before, like, with Silver Spoon, for instance, you hear it and you're like, oh, this is a fun song. And then you look at the lyrics and you find out that it's a little bit more heavy. The tones are a little heavy. But with Ron, it matches. Like, the, the delivery of the lyrics match what the actual lyrics are saying. And what that delivery is is devastating, if you ask me. Or it's it's very weighted and it's, it's very melancholy, uh, you know. I like that it's a pretty fast melody, but still undeniably moody. It's a very moody song. It's very angsty. And it kind of captures a level of angst that's very common, I guess, as a young adult. When you look at the lyrics, or if you were to, like, describe this song in a few words, it's about a breakup or it's about lost love. But because of their delivery and because of the moodiness of everything, like Yadi said, it comes across as so much more than that. You feel like it's so much more devastating than that. In terms of genre, this song is really cool because it's kind of hard to like pinpoint. I think we kind of agreed on like rock ballad mm-hmm. is the best 
way or like pop rock ballad is the best way to categorize it but there's just there's so much going on in both the instrumentation and also in the delivery of the lines themselves you get it from the very beginning of the song with the transition from Namjoon's verse to Yoongi's verse they're both so stylized and so completely different and after that you go right into the pre-chorus they're like different components to yeah. the song that to me hearing it I feel like it adds some pizzazz to the structure of the song that sets it apart not only within BTS's discography but within any other song of this rock ballad genre within k-pop but also music at large music at large yeah and then I'm trying to think now you know now that we're saying this what other songs or bands to compare this type of genre to you know the rock ballad type of angsty um more upbeat but still moody sound and I, I thought of fallout boy and even some panic at the disco but it's still pretty hard it's hard to pinpoint and then we thought that a bigger umbrella to like use as a term would be alternative rock even mm-hmm. and then to give a bts song that label is incredible considering the spectrum of genres that they choose to make music under it's fascinating it's something i'll never get over and you know we've talked about this a lot this episode on like what k-pop is and what you expect for k-pop and i think obviously another aspect of k-pop is the ability to be very like versatile and to kind of play with a lot of genres while still falling under this one genre but no one's doing it like bts no one in k-pop is doing this this is a song from four years ago and it's wild because what it's been four years and no one really has attempted this again bts haven't even attempted well maybe fake love but it's it was a moment that happened and no one dared try to recreate it Which begs the question, can it be recreated? And is it a matter of talent or fear? Like, is it that run, a song like Run is not profitable? Like, it can't, you know, it's not a global sound? It was such a risk for this song to be a title song, a comeback song. The fact that they took to the stage with Run is something that just blows my mind. I just, I would love to know what the members thought. Because this song isn't a track list of very good songs some are a little bit more upbeat uh, more radio friendly i would love to know what that meeting was like when whoever was decided that they were gonna run with run like they were gonna choose run as the as a title track and i wonder if there was any resistance at all because it is you know it's one of the moodier songs and it's, it's not and they performed this i believe in uh, at mama that year it's insane to me because this isn't the song that I seek out when I'm trying to be um, not even uplifted. When This is a song I listen to when I know that I can feel sad and be okay. So imagine like this being the like what you're leading a promotion with. That's been like, it's um, awesome in like the original meaning of the word. <laughs> like awe has been elicited. Um, it, it's just incredible to me. It really is. I think the lyrics are worth mentioning in this song. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a breakup song. It's about, you know, a failing relationship and on BTS's side, they don't want it to end, but everyone's telling them that it's over and they know that it's over. I think the saddest lyrics of the song are these. Make me run more. Let my feet rip apart with wounds. At least I can smile when I see you. When I first read the translation, I was left with such an ache that I feel like me trying to explain why the words are so impactful just is unnecessary. I feel like you read them and you're like, oh, this is, this is... They're self-explanatory. Yeah, it's just very dark. It's it's very dramatic and moody, but to me at least, there's something very dark about it that only enhances the like overall effect of the song. Yeah, it's very vulnerable and self-aware. Like the person is very aware of all the damage and, and all the hurt that they're feeling, but then they're also acknowledging that at least they can smile like that yeah it's one of those like bittersweet like moments of concrete self-awareness but also of feeling pain like seeking out this person or this relationship despite the pain they're putting themselves through we mentioned earlier all the different elements of the song 
there's just so much going on like you listen to it and you can you have like these heavy drums but you also have synths and you have a lot of backing vocals there's so many elements to this song that just make it so unique and special and nothing came before it and nothing came after it like run exists in its own vacuum its own little universe i think that's like a big reoccurring theme on our list when thinking about how we chose these songs i think we chose songs that really do like stand on their own both within bts's discography and also outside it these are songs as well that stand kind of as landmarks within you know the landscape that is bts's discography they stand out and they kind of shape the terrain for what bts have done and continue to do at number two we have fake love from love yourself tear we have actually already reviewed this song in our review of the album love yourself tear so I think it's safe to consider this kind of like a revisiting, like we're coming back to the song and looking at it after how many months since its release. I think Fake Love is a song that shows a version of BTS that is completely 100% comfortable with themselves. They've already secured America at this point. Yeah. You know, they've debuted in the United States. They've successfully... Um, knocked out all competition in the charts and everybody was kind of already paying attention to them. They didn't choose to showcase their technical skills to like their fullest extent. There's no particularly outstanding vocals. They didn't evenly distribute the lines. There's just a lot of little elements that I think show that they were like, okay, like people know who BTS are. People know what BTS can do. So let's show them what else we can do. The answer to what they can do is make a really good song. Yeah, make a very good modern current song because before the song was released, I remember, you know, the descriptions of it were floating around that it was very much of the times of, you know, emo hip hop trap. And I think, I, I still don't think those elements come through as strongly as like they were intended to or as they described, I think, for me, the emo hip hop aspect of it comes through a lot more with the instrumentation and like the synth that goes throughout. But the song does feel very much coming from, you know, the days of Post Malone and Lil Uzi. It's very current. It's current. Yeah, and I'd say part of it is the guitar. Like that's the main aspect that makes this quote unquote emo rap. It's that there's that very grunge guitar element that floats in and out of the song that makes it that much more current that brooding guitar elevates the song so much. I think without it, and I think there, Namjoon had a version of Fake Love that was much more, I think, trappy, that to me just did not work. Like, I'm so glad that they kept this guitar and they kept it the way it was. Yeah, Namjoon's version would have uh, thrived in SoundCloud. Exactly. Like SoundCloud Trap, <laughs> which is not an insult or anything. It's just, it, it was a completely different project. Again, we've said this, quite a few times already, but fake love is just another testament to the fact that BTS are truly chameleons when it comes to genre. They can do anything. They can truly perform any kind of genre of music and they exceed any and all expectations. And this is a comment, you know, on what Big Hit are doing as a team of producers. And it's something that they've had a very solid in-house team since the very beginning. And they continue like, sure, yes, they're they're collaborating with people from all over the world, but they've maintained a sense of integrity when it comes to quality that is so unique to Big Hit and BTS. Getting into uh, song specifics, I love 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 so much how the intro of the song becomes the outro of the song uh i think it just it is a really nice like bookend that i think completes the song perfectly um this song is another one where delivery is very very important um like run 
like Silver Spoon, like No More Dream, a lot of the impact of the lines comes from the literal acting. It's a vocal performance, but it's also an acting performance, which I think you can definitely see when you watch this song live. Yeah, I think this came out, I'm not sure if it was um, an article or an interview with Bang PD, where Bang PD being a CEO and head producer for a big hit, where he says that he purposefully made the chorus very high uh, so that when they are performed, it's not easy. In that sense, he acts like he's prioritizing the emotion and the performance aspect over the actual music aspect of it. And it becomes then a very interesting show of theater, I'd mm. say. I think Bang PD was speaking specifically about Jimin too, in terms of like making the notes so high-pitched that it's difficult for him to reach it. And we didn't mention this in our episode on the comeback stages, but there are a couple of stages where I think Jimin does sound pitchy and his delivery is not perfect on these lines, but... Same for Jin as well. Same for Jin. Mm -hmm. um, but their performance is still so impressive that you, like, you don't mind it. It's like an artistic choice was made to prioritize, you know, dance and and uh, the gestures done on, on stage over the sound quality and the way that they are, you know, coming off as vocalists. And to me, I think that's really interesting. The fact that Bang PD was able to even say this out on record, I think says a lot about how confident he was in his choice to sacrifice the sound quality. And it's something that I can respect. Because I know there was a point too where people were wondering, like, are they just declining as artists? And by they, I mean specifically Jimin and Jin. They got a little bit of uh, backlash for certain instances where they weren't singing that well. And then to finally get that tidbit from Bang PD saying like, no, we did this on purpose. And it's all part of a grand scheme of, you know, letting the song do what it has to do, which is basically be a very emotional moment for the seven members. A specific thing that I want to comment on is on Jungkook's delivery of Love You So Bad, because I really do think it steals the show. I know we just went on a beautiful tangent on Jimin and Jin's performance, but something about the way Jungkook says that line, that's when I know the song is like going off. Because the song, it remains pretty stable throughout, which I think is another impressive quality to it. The way Jungkook says that is just so unparalleled to me. It's fantastic. It's also very feminine. And so I hear the love you so bad, and I feel like it's a quintessential like female pop vocalist uh, chorus line. And he really brings it to the table with love you so bad. It's just so exciting to hear. In terms of lyrics, I chose some that I wanted to showcase. They are part of the intro and outro. I wish all my weaknesses could be hidden. I grew a flower that can't be bloomed in a dream that can't come true. I feel like this is a really nice summary of the song and of what's going on here in fake love it's really cool to look at the lyrics of a song like fake love and compare them to a song like run which are essentially talking about two sides of the same coin both songs are kind of about these broken relationships but almost like different points of realization because with run you have like obvious heartbreak but still wanting to hold on to this romance like if you could even call it that but with fake love you have like almost like self-actualization where like this person is completely aware that this relationship is like toxic and bad and wrong um it's like less naive yeah it's like knowing that this is terrible and also still recognizing that like you are still in love with someone or like knowing that a relationship is terrible but then like turning the lens towards yourself or the mirror on yourself and being like well here are the problems with me and i am part of the reason why this is wrong it's really interesting that you can see this growth then between run and fake love especially when you consider the fact that between the most beautiful moment in life and love yourself bts intended to show growth it was part of their intent when releasing this music and when changing eras to show uh, growth and how one views relationships so it's cool to see that like they, they stuck with it and you can like 
trace back fake love to run and it makes sense uh so i think that's really interesting and i think it it shows a really cool strength that bts don't need to have but do like it's just it's just very very cool i think agreed and and it's like what you're saying too it's that not only are they trying to promote a sense of growth within yourself and the way you behave in romantic scenarios or whatever but it also it comes out in the lyrics like there is an actual evolution of what type of things they're saying and it it's part of what makes being a longtime fan so fulfilling is that with each release with each album or mini album or repackage there is a sense of continuation and a sense of growth all in all fake love is a perfect pop song in a world where Post Malone can be considered pop. It's a very, you know, it's a very modern thing that's happening today where pop is just different and Fake Love fits into the 2018 global music scene so well. And I think that's a big reason why it's our number two. And to think that there's a song that's even better than this one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it just goes to show how, how amazing BTS are, not to, you know blow smoke up their butts but this is a podcast dedicated to them (laughs) so we'll let us have this one And at number one, we have Blood, Sweat, and Tears from the album Wings. Did anyone see that one coming? <laughs> I feel like the answer is yes. I feel like you all did. You Maybe all people did. listening were like, I feel like they're missing something. And what we were missing is this song. Mm-hmm. This song... <sighs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal song. You know that Lady Gaga meme where she's just saying a lot of adjectives back to back? I feel like that's what I feel whenever it comes on shuffle. Bold, trendsetting, historic, iconic, important. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. <laughs> legendary. Thought-provoking. Sensational. Seductive. Sensual. Sexy. I think that's it. I think that's all we gotta say. Um, thank you thank for you. listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I mean... Let's get into what the song is, and then we can kind of go and give our thoughts, because if not, we're going to sit here just sighing for the next 10 minutes. Very true. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say uh, about the instrumentation, even before getting into the delivery and vocal performance for me. This song, it stands out like no other. It's wonderfully produced, and um, it's fascinating to me, because with Blood, Sweat, and Tears... BTS capitalized on a trend that really wasn't a trend. The genre, the song falls under is uh, Moon Baton. I still have a hard time pronouncing that. (laughs) I haven't heard anyone but Namjoon say it. I don't know, really. Moon Baton. Other songs that fall under that genre include Drake's One Dance along with Lean On by Major Lazer. There's actually a cool article that explains the origins of Moonbaton. I don't want to get too into it here, but maybe we'll post it to our I think Twitter. it's something we mentioned in our globalization episode. We as do. Well. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. we've touched on this before, but it's a genre with very interesting origins and it's interesting in the sense that it kind of lived and died on SoundCloud but then gained relevancy through the influence it had on future music. Uh, so I think it's it's very, very cool that BTS didn't necessarily jump on a trend, but kind of recognized the potential what, it had. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like where popular songs of 2016 were getting this influence from and then capitalized on that. I mean, I think it's very high praise to put them on caliber with Major Lazer and Drake. It succeeds in what it's trying to do. So it's um, not a stretch to compare them to these artists. It borrows from these sounds and it what I have here in my notes is that it doesn't feel cheap or half done, which can be the case sometimes when you have these 
global acts or acts that are attempting to be global borrow from these sounds, it ends up being a little bit too obvious that they're borrowing. But in the case of BTS, it doesn't seem like they're borrowing at all, but they're actually very much participating in that type of production in those sounds and instrumentation. And with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, to me, it just blew me away. It just feels very organic. It feels very natural and very convincing. That's another nod too to their company and, and to the emphasis they put on song production. They don't focus on anything else, which then it has me wondering why it is it the case that I feel like a lot of the fandom sometimes doesn't prioritize music. And for me, I feel like that's one thing that Big Hit really cares about. It's the music and it becomes very clear in a song like Blood, Sweat and Tears that is very bold, is very kind of coming from left field, but it's done well and it's done in a sense that it feels very well researched. It's a song that sounds very familiar, but because the influences aren't necessarily as overt as they are in a song like Airplane Part 2, for instance, it, it makes it stand out that much more because it's kind of like oh like what is this you know it's like where is this coming from and then once you realize like where they like got these sounds and influences from you you're just that much more impressed and that's just with the instrumentation i mean the vocal performance and lyrics are a whole other category in themselves that deserve to be recognized because they're fantastic this song starts very lush with Jimin's vocals and it continues sounding lush even once the Caribbean beat comes in. I think it's because the song webs in and out of that central beat. Every time vocal line comes in for the Blood, Sweat and Tears line, they sound quite delicate, which I think is because the music stops when they sing that line and it kind of emphasizes then the delicateness and the delivery of their otherwise very soft vocals. Both vocal line and rap line get straight to the point and let us know that this song is about one thing only and that is temptation and desire so two things but one and the same um <laughs> one thing only in two words yeah. <laughs> the song is littered with these sensual and breathy vocals that you know only point in one direction it's very obvious what they're trying to elicit from the listener and i mean it's also the first time that we kind of we get this from bts i remember being i mean you know as a, a long time fan i guess i remember just being so like scandalized <laughs> that they went this direction they're because finally it's finally going in that direction yeah. it's you know it's sexy it's like very sexually driven which was new territory for them for sure i mean even the title of the song blood sweat and tears that's bodily fluids it immediately brings your attention to the body and like these things that are coming from the body and like what happens when you use your body it's such a image and it's you know the chorus of the song my blood sweat and tears and it's what ties the whole the themes of the song are tied together by these three words that are essentially not only of the of the body but they're of the senses there it's a very sensual enterprise and you know like natalie said as long-term fans we we're like finally <laughs> I remember when the sexiest thing to ever come out of BTS was like the run shoulder roll. Like you remember the core people were, would go crazy when they would take off their jackets and roll their shoulders. Like something about that move was so sensual that everyone was just going crazy for it. So this was just like we were overdue. Deprived. We were deprived. Yeah, this was very overdue <laughs> in the fandom. Some specific things about the instrumentation. I want to go back to it really quick that I love. One of my favorite elements in this entire song happens the break before the final chorus or i suppose you could call it a bridge you have these like beautiful percussion chimes and a guitar that comes in right before tay's falsetto and it was something that was teased in the literal teaser for this song so it stuck with me and i just think it's something just so it has such a nice touch to it that it's become one of my favorite things out of bts's entire uh track list it's very um luscious yeah like sound wise and of course taste his particular tone to his voice at that falsetto is just so interesting to me and it works so well with the sounds that accompany that moment i mean there's so many moments in this song that are worth commenting on there's a drop before one of the pre-courses that's literally can only be described as psychedelic it's something you hear in trap 
music. I was going to say something you hear in an ASAP Rocky song about LSD. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which exists and it's called LSD by ASAP Rocky. And it reminded me of that because the, the type of drop that you hear, it's usually something that... Um, Producers who are very interested in like well-produced electronic music will put into their songs, and of course, it's like embraced by like the psychedelic community. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that you hear that in a K-pop song is really funny. Yeah. It's really. Cool. I mean, it's fantastic, and it's also it's cool to note that it's a drop that like slows things down in the song as opposed to you know speeds it up. This is one of the first instances that we get Tay's falsetto in this way i feel like he's become more comfortable with it nowadays but i remember being like oh right like taehyung is a singer you know (laughs) i forgot yeah because we also get stigma with wings too so this was like you know the album where they kind of i think let tay uh they unleashed his falsetto yeah kind of explore some new territory it's really awesome that this song gets that i will say though jimin steals the show jimin's delivery of the line blood sweat and tears is part of what makes this song so iconic in fact my absolute favorite part in the song is right at the final chorus when you get the delivery of jimin's line blood sweat and tears my blood sweat and tears as opposed to j-hope's delivery of the chorus which he's him repeating i want you a lot it's always a little uh like a little surprise for me because i feel like when the first time i heard that song you expected it to go a certain way since pop songs are very formulaic but they, you know, they they gave it a little twist and went back to the pre-chorus as opposed to the chorus with the final chorus. So it was it was really cool, and I think that's a really nice adds a really nice element to the song. It's a really great way to end it. So to throw some lyrics in the mix, all of the lyrics in the song I think are great, but these I think just stood out to me when I was looking at them for this episode. Kill me softly, close my eyes with your caress. I can't reject it anyway. I can't even escape anymore. You are too sweet, too sweet. So those are the lyrics sung right before what I just mentioned, the final chorus. It tells the story. It tells the story of what's going on here very well. The lyrics are very explicit in what they're trying to convey. And it's that there's physical desire going on here. It's not, they're not talking about desire as a concept. They're talking about like wanting a person physically. Very visceral. (laughs) Is this about love? Would you say that there's love or romance here? Or is it only like a attraction i think it's only attraction okay that's awesome because i'm also thinking about this idea of like taste and like sweet sweet that's this is like the first time at least within our countdown our list of top seven songs where uh the lyrics kind of dive into taste and this another you know sense that we register with our bodies and it goes back to this idea of blood sweat and tears being a very like physically present song or like the speaker is very physically present which to me is awesome yeah like it goes to show like how can you convey temptation how can you convey attraction and lyrically there's really only one way to do it and it's by going in this route of of the senses of of eroticism and it's literally sexy uh (laughs) and the fact that bts do it it helps that they're so attractive as well. Like, yeah, it really it's a does. whole It's a whole shebang that's happening here. And it's part of the reason why it's number one and not number two or three or four or five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's number one because it's such a successful attempt at this thing that everybody has been trying to do for years and has done for years. But BTS do it in their own way. Okay, and that is our list of the top seven BTS songs. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs> we certainly did. Yeah. yeah. There were many times where we paused in between our takes to gush over the songs. <laughs> we were like, how is this allowed? How can this happen? It really is such a exciting thing to do with BTS because they have produced so many great songs. But to reiterate, really, this is only a small portion of their discography. So we encourage you, if you haven't yet, to really dive into the packages and albums and many albums that they've put out because there are a lot. It's overwhelming, but it's a really rewarding experience. It can be rare for a group to have such impressive tracks throughout their entire career. And I like our list because I feel like it goes through their entire career from start to finish and shows that BTS have been capable of making incredible music since literally day one. It's fantastic. If 
you don't feel like going through BTS's discography, if you just think it's too much work, fret not because we do have an episode coming up exploring BTS's less popular songs and our favorites from maybe what you would call their deep cuts. The, uh, the more underrated ones, if you will. We're super excited about that. And we also want to know what you guys think. If you disagree or agree, let us know. We're on Twitter, as you probably know already, at Bangtan Podcast. Also, we're on Instagram now, at Bangtan Podcast. (laughs) There's a trend here. But yeah, let us know. Because we do know that we did leave out a lot of very popular songs. We're aware of them, and we love those as well. But as you heard, there's a reason why we chose these seven songs. And we'd like to know if you agree or not. I personally feel a little stressed because there are so many songs that I, there's a, a good handful of songs that I really wanted to put in here, like 134340 mm-hmm. and even War of Hormones. Those are some of my favorite songs, yeah. but they didn't make the cut. If there are some songs you feel strongly about, let us know why on Twitter, Instagram, email us. We've received some emails in the past. Do whatever you have to do. We want to hear you because we're also always looking to broaden our horizons. In that same note, uh, Is there an old album that you want us to unpack? Is there any specific songs or any specific music that you want us to talk about? We are happy to take any suggestions and incorporate them into our episodes. And with that, we bid you adieu. Bye! Bye. Oh my god, we harmonized.